If the captain of the ship goes down, the whole entire ship is lost. You matter equally, if not more, in being able to support your self-care and have systems set up so that when your family fails you, because they will fail you, at least you know that there are systems in place that you can fall back on and you have a sense of redundancy to make sure that you are okay and you are strong and you are more than capable. To be able to support and impact people's lives and to change the trajectory of their children's lives is an incredible privilege that I have. Hello, everyone, and welcome. I'm Gilda Evans, bringing you the Autism Resource Podcast. This podcast and the ARP website are your one-stop knowledge and resource base for autism and much more. I'm very happy to have Antoinette Banks as my guest today. Antoinette is an accomplished author, researcher, and visionary dedicated to creating a more equitable and inclusive future for marginalized communities, particularly students who think and learn differently. Her book, Better Than a Diagnosis, A Single Parent's Guide to Autism, draws on her experiences as a mother of an autistic teenager to offer practical guidance and emotional support to others navigating similar challenges. As CEO of Expert IEP, an ed tech company that supports parents of students who learn differently, Antoinette continues to draw on her personal experiences and deep commitment to making education accessible for all. Welcome, Antoinette, and thank you so much for taking the time to join me today to discuss the work that you do. Thank you so much. I'm so very happy to be here, and thank you all for listening. So to begin with, tell me what inspired you to write your book, and how has your personal experience as a mother of an autistic teenager influenced your work at Expert IEP? I wrote my book first because... Funny enough, when my daughter had her diagnosis, I had never heard of the word autism before. And so when she was getting diagnosed, I thought that they said artistic instead of autistic. And I didn't know what to do with that information because I come from a family of creatives. And so I said to them, of course, she's artistic, but you know what's going on here? And then when I finally understood what autism was, and I looked around for other resources and from uh, different perspectives, from my perspective as a single mother, as a, as a woman of color, I didn't see a lot of resources available uh, for me. And so as we went across this journey and as she was able to have a life that otherwise we didn't know she could have, I figured now was the time to write something. There's got to be another person coming along that will face a similar journey. And my daughter has had such a wonderful and interesting life so far. So I wanted to document that and put it down on paper and allow other readers to know that there is hope outside of a diagnosis. Sometimes you don't know where you're going to land with that. So that's why I wrote the book. So then what have some of the most rewarding experiences that you've had been? What are what are some of the most rewarding experiences you've had? And also, what are some of the biggest challenges that you see? in supporting the students' learning variability and success after high school? I think most of the challenges lie in our educational system and that it's extremely siloed and it's more built on compliance rather than centering a student and centering their needs and all of the uniqueness they bring into the classroom and into the world. And so the challenge is there for me as a mother and for me as a professional, it it just angers me because 
all of these kids that I've been able to come into contact with and their wonderful families have very unique qualities about them. They look at the world and see patterns that I had known existed. Um, and so if we can take the time to sit back and really figure out who these individuals are, then we'll be so surprised. Our lives will be so impacted in different ways. And I think that Although it's a challenge, it just presents an opportunity, and especially what I'm trying to solve with expert IAP. And I think most of the rewarding things come from, I'll just talk about my daughter, for example. One time, as a single mom, rushing around and trying to get to all of the things and juggle school or juggle work or anything else, and she was a baby. And she started crying so hard, so intensely, and I'm like, oh, gosh. Nevaeh, we're running late. I got to get you to daycare. What is happening now? And she just, she threw her body back and just wailed. And everyone's looking at me, of course, because it's a whole scene that's happening at the time. Uh, and then she started pointing. And at the time she was nonverbal. She just, just kept pointing. And then I put her down and then she walked over to a rose. She just wanted to smell the rose. She wanted to smell the flowers. And for me at that moment, and whether or not if I, I don't know if I locked the door that day, I knew I was running late. Maybe I left the coffee pot on and all these things that kind of impact us and our brains and weigh us down. I love that concept of like, doesn't matter. Just, you can always stop to smell the flowers. You can stop to look at textures and be affected in different positive ways. And I think that that is the most rewarding thing is being her mother. Of course, there are challenges trying to navigate the system and trying to get the support you know your kids need. But those small moments, those pockets of happiness, I think is what I live for. Mm, stopping to smell the roses. Wow. <laughs> As that is a, an old saying, but nevertheless, such a true one and has so much value to it. And I do understand exactly what you're talking about because my son, who's grown now, is autistic, but I, I remember when he was young and he first had his diagnosis and the challenges that we faced and went through. And I'll tell you, he has brought out the best in me. Absolutely no question about that. No question mm -hmm. about that. All my kids, I have three, but him in particular, he has caused me to rise to the best possible standard, the best possible person, the highest <laughs> level I can rise to. Now, I understand that your faith is very important to you. So tell me, how do you handle the intersection of faith and research in your work? And how does this inform your approach? I think if I didn't have faith, I would not be here where I am right now. Because this road of understanding and being able to support our kids there's no way I would be able to sit here and be able to talk with you and engage with your listeners at all. And the way faith shows up for me is not one of which I can think of all the loveliness and think everything is going to be okay. It's more of a guiding purpose and knowing that my steps and every step that I take is guided and it is ordered. And it means that anything that happens whether good or bad, is still pleasing. And so with that mindset, that allows me to have what we now know as a growth mindset. And I think a lot of people can think of faith perhaps being very fixed or very rigid. 
for me, it allows me to see purpose and things that are just hidden in different types of intricacies. Because the guy that I serve, if you're able to create and do all these beautiful things, then we ought to be able to depend on that in any way, in any phase, in any life circumstance. We know that there is another door that will open as long as we can continue traveling the same road and be persistent and be steadfast. And then eventually it works itself out. And then you understand, okay, that was a lesson that I needed to learn. I didn't like learning it, (laughs) but nevertheless, it is a lesson. And so when it comes to research, I deal a lot with computational modeling and different types of intricacies and patterns. And for me, I look at that in the patterns that exist within nature. And I look at how God shows up in my life in different types of ways. And I feel much more inspired to continue going even when I'm tired. But I get, I look at the research and I look at the outcome and I look at people's lives being changed as more translational. And in fact, I was in Puerto Rico and this woman pulled me to the side. I'd never seen her before. And I just finished speaking to a lot of women and a lot of um, mothers that were feeling very low in their energy and low in their spirit and just not knowing what to do with their kids or um, why they couldn't get the support that they needed. And even from family members, and you, you know what I'm saying, you know, sometimes families, they are not as supportive as we would like to think. And this woman pulled me to the side and she said, I know you probably hadn't thought about this, but what you're doing is ministry work. You are doing ministry work. And I got goosebumps. I'd never seen this woman before. And I had just finished pouring out to everybody there and giving them a pathway to success and and, and how our kids, if we're blessed with them, that means that we have what it takes to raise them and to support them. And so I hadn't known what she was going to say. I was tired after doing the speaking invitation, but she said, yeah, what you're doing is ministering. You should think about it that way not in the way where people incite fear or other things, but in the way where you are inspiring folks. And so I'll never forget that. That, And and that's how I I take this very seriously, to be able to support and impact people's lives and to change the trajectory of their children's lives is an incredible privilege that I have. Yeah, it's it's so important to have that well to draw from of courage and strength and inspiration and motivation and to really be able to appreciate the good that you can do for other people and the positive changes that you can help affect in their lives. That's, it's just incredibly rewarding. So then tell me, that leads me to my next question. What are some specific ways that expert IEP supports parents of students who learn differently? And how do you see the company evolving in the future? So right now, I know that when you go through the IEP process, sometimes you just don't have what you need in the room. There are so many different providers. There are people that say even different language that you've never heard before. Um, (laughs) They're trying to understand, okay, everyone here is talking about my child whom I know and love, but we're talking about this kid as if they are not capable and more deficit focused. And so with expert IEP, parents, caregivers, mothers, fathers, aunts, uncles can put in their existing IEPs into our system. And we optimize the IEPs. We optimize goals. We look at what 
placement level is and who are the available providers within the school setting. And based off that algorithm say, okay, this is a good goal that you have for your reading goal, but let's make it a better one. And let's do it in a way where we are centering the student and we're taking in input from family members as well and letting you know that this is a capable goal that can be achieved within your particular school environment. And it may be a goal that the providers hadn't thought about because of course they have to do their assessments and things like that. So you put your IEP in, we optimize the goals, we tell you exactly what to ask for, how to advocate. Hopefully we're inspiring more confidence so parents can go into those meetings and really say what they know they want to achieve with the school environment. And that's what we do <laughs> so far. And it's been such a wild ride. All of our kids have increased by one letter grade in English and math. And our parents have demonstrated 15% more in their motivation, confidence, and personal agency. And I think where we want to build next is we want to be in the school environment and have a particular uh, student profile that has gamifications and reward features. So kiddos can log in themselves and see how they're progressing along in the IEPs. Because one thing I'm going to take the moment to say, it frustrates me beyond belief that we celebrate kids as they go from grade to grade. But our kids should be celebrated when they meet these goals, when they come to school more often than they had before, if they're exhibiting more great and good behaviors than what you thought was possible. Those milestones are so important for our kids so that they feel like they can achieve something more rather than people telling them what they're not doing. Um, it's a different type of thinking, and I'm almost forcing people to work in a different way where educators are back in the classroom. Compliance is not a thing anymore. <laughs> Parents are happy. We, they are inspired. It's a two-way conversation like it was always meant to be within the entire team. And so that's what Expert IEP is doing. I like to say that we are an exceptional parent partner platform and we are a movement for students. Well, I think that celebrating milestones is a good thing for any child, but certainly a child who's neurodivergent in particular, I think would truly appreciate and benefit from those small victories, you know, mm -hmm. all those small victories add up to major ones. And uh, yeah, I think that's super important. Now, is there a cost to get involved? And if so, what is it? And what about families that might be financially challenged and not really be able to afford whatever the the cost of, of entry, so to speak, is? Yes, there is a cost. There is a monthly subscription. So depending on the age of the student, it's either between 30, 40, or $50. $50 are for our high school students because we want to make sure that after high school, they're going into some type of either four-year university, a trade school, community college, whatever works for them. And so we need to spend a little bit more time with transition services. And that's how we break it apart. For families that may be cash-strapped, I am building out an equity-based model right now. And so for parents in California, hopefully everybody keep their eyes, toes, and fingers crossed. <laughs> what we're doing is working with regional centers so that if you can have self-determining types of budgets, then the regional center will pay for expert IEP. 
And that's how we're getting focused with that. However, you want to know what my dream goal is? To I do. Not- okay, great. <laughs> I don't want parents to pay for this at all. I would rather be in the school environment and have the schools see that this is an incredible system that really goes against what came before, utilizes elevated technology, gets people focused and centered on students. And so from there, then the parents can have free access to it. But until we make that movement, we got to start somewhere. And so we offer a subscription-based service for families that are capable of doing it now. And I thought about this a while. So I know I'll be able to leave my contact information later on, and I will tell you what that subscription code will be specific to your listeners who will be able to access our platform for free. Oh, that's fabulous. Thank you for that so much. Now, what about families that are outside of California? You service families nationwide, correct? That's right. So it's all virtual. It's all on the platform and wherever they are, they can access it. Yes, of course. Absolutely. We want anyone and everyone from anywhere. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Now, so then what advice would you give to a parent who's new to the world of special education and maybe feeling overwhelmed or uncertain about how to navigate the process? And please touch on, on some common misconceptions about special education and how parents can best advocate for their child and their child's needs. Yeah. Well, first I would say welcome. Welcome to a whole nother world and a whole new journey and take a deep breath because there's nothing you did wrong. There's nothing your you and your partner did wrong. There's nothing your child did wrong. This is just where you are right now. And it's going to be absolutely okay. The next thing that I would say is make sure that you have documentation from different people that can support your journey. And so where you are, that may look like getting support from your physician that may look like looking for um, therapeutic centers where you're located. For I'm in California, so regional center comes to the top of my, my mind. But there's different places like regional centers, depending on where you are. And I would say get another plan and a source of eyes, because the more information you have, the better off you will be with being able to make good and concrete decisions. And then I will say that what most people don't know is that you can get in-home support services And I think you want to do that early and you also want to get respite care. Those are two things to be able to take care of yourself while you're building momentum and and supporting and being a champion for your kiddo. So in-home support services, you will be able to have someone come in, take care of things around the house or meal plan, meal prep, whatever it looks like. You'll work on that with your particular case manager, but it is called IHSS, in-home support services. And the other thing is, depending on where you are, you can get respite care. Respite care is a person that was able, what can come into your home and can support and look after your kid while you take care of you. Because while I know mama, papa bear, auntie bears, everyone else is trying to make sure that the kids are okay. If the captain of the ship goes down, the whole entire ship is lost. And so I want to say that you matter equally, if not more, in being able to support your self-care and have systems set up so that when your family fails you, because they will fail you, at least you know that there are systems in place that you can fall back on and you have a sense of redundancy to make sure that you are okay and you are strong and you are more than capable. Wise words indeed. Very wise words. (laughs) 
Is there anything that we haven't touched on at this point that you want to make sure to tell the listeners about that you want to make sure to mention? And also, how can our listeners reach out to you if they want to know more? There's one thing that I asked permission from my daughter to to share her story. And I would like to share that with the listeners because my daughter at the time, it was in 2006, and she was diagnosed as mental retard. It was mental retardation with 0% probability of hand-eye coordination, 0% probability of autonomy. And I was a really young mom. I didn't understand what this meant and why such strong language, because the primary diagnosis was mental retardation and secondary was autism. And thankfully, the laws changed the year after that. And words like mental retardation and those things are not used anymore. But I want to just say that right now with giving my kid the targeted focus and the space to grow and the opportunity to ask questions, she is now a teenager that talks probably a little bit too much. (laughs) And Having had this initial diagnosis of, you know, nonverbal and 0% mobility and blah, blah. She is a Brazilian jiu-jitsu star. She loves doing martial arts. She's on her skateboard all the time. Anytime she can be engaged in athletics, she loves it. Not only that, she is a superstar when it comes to STEM. And she's got these really great ideas on how to switch this narrative of why does it have to be such an, a journey for people in the beginning stages? She's coming out with her series. It is, <laughs> I, I won't say the title yet because she's still working on it, but it's a group of teenagers who are all neurodivergent and it talks really comedic about what they experience. She also said that I could share that at one point she was having a lot of challenges with her mental health. She wasn't getting the support that she needed in school. And so she made a character based off of her going to get her help. And uh, the character's name is Socks (laughs) because there's creepy Socks. And I think that she's so marvelous in the way she thinks where she just gets straight to the point. And she knows that that's not, wasn't the case. That wasn't the case. And that has not how it has been for her for such a long time. And so I'm, I want to take the time to explain that because anyone listening, your kid does not have to go from nonverbal to verbal so that you feel like they're making an impact. But just naturally living life, the lifespan of your kids, you will see significant changes regardless. And I just wanted to just leave that here because that is my daughter's story and that is her testimony and that is you know, the testimony of a mom that just took, would not take no for an answer and didn't mind kicking down doors <laughs> if needed. But I wanted to take the time to explain that. And I wrote about that in our book, but not from a very linear perspective. It's all small, short stories on how these things happen and how my daughter's life has evolved in this capacity from being someone that was told she couldn't do anything to now being someone who is considering going to college and really wanting to make an impact in the world. And as a mom, that makes all of the tough moments really matter for me. And so I just wanted to share that because that is 
a story I don't tell often. I always ask for her permission, but it's a story that matters. And I know that we can't be the only parent and mom duo that has faced a challenge like that. And so I definitely wanted to take the time to, to share that here today. I'm so glad you did. Thank you so much for sharing that. And all I can say is so much for preliminary diagnoses. And, (laughs) uh, you know, kudos to your daughter for her persistence and determination and intelligence and courage and strength. I think that I think it's fabulous. Um, So please tell us how can our listeners reach out to you? Yes. My email is a b a n k s at e x p e r t s i e p dot com. So that's a banks at expert i e p dot com. You can email me anytime. I'm more than willing. In the bottom of my email, I have a Calendly link that I make sure I carve out at least an hour and a half a week to talk to other families. I take those calls for 20 minutes segments. And so I'd be more than willing to have that conversation. You can also go to expertieps.com. That's expertieps.com to take a look at our website. And I'm available on every social media platform as well. So (laughs) I'm out here (laughs) and love engaging with families. All right. Under Antoinette Banks, right? Under Antoinette Banks. Yep. And and it is interesting and funny as it sounds you can Google me. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And it's the website is expert, singular, IEPs, plural.com. Yes. Right. Okay. All right. Well, wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Antoinette, for your time and for sharing your story with us today. It is absolutely my pleasure. Absolutely my pleasure. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to the podcast. You can find it on Apple iTunes, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and other popular platforms. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you can always access us and other great resources on our website, autismresourcepodcast.com. I want to thank our listeners for spending part of their day with us. This is the Autism Resource Podcast, and I'm Gilda Evans, reminding you to take care of yourself and that special person in your life.